0: Today with Clare Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years, cashandcarrykitchens.ie Brian, thank you so much. And as you've been hearing today, 22-year-old Daniel Whiffen has won a second gold medal at the World Aquatics Championships over the weekend. He was dominant in the 1500 metre freestyle. 1996 Irish Olympian Nick O'Hare is here now to talk about that victory and to assess where the Armagh swimmer goes from here. You're very welcome. Great to see you.
1: Thanks, Claire.
0: This is huge, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal and groundbreaking. Um, Not just the fact that he won the two uh, World Championships titles, but uh, the manner in which he did it. Uh, People have asked me, you know, why is he so good? He's a tall guy. He's six foot four. He's in a great program. But what's unusual about distance swimmers is that they'll, are usual about distance swimmers is that they'll swim a race a certain way. Mm Mm-hmm. But we saw him swim two different races and two different strategies, which really blows the mind for a distance swimmer. So in the 800 metres, which he won, he was in one of the centre lanes and an Australian guy on the outside and an Italian guy on the other outside, so to speak, lanes one and lane eight. They went out like rabbits, OK, like really, really fast, fast hares. He let them go and he stayed about four metres behind them and sat in her hip for about 400 metres. Then he started building. Then he caught them with about 200 metres to go and he just sat on their shoulders and was breathing to the right side, having a look, breathing to the left side, having a look. And he sat there and with 50 metres to go, he hit the wall and said, almost like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. And he said, see you later. And he took about two seconds out of them.
0: So that's him going into fifth gear.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And a sixth gear, actually, if you can, yeah. Yeah. And then yesterday was was a total contrast. So he'd be known as a back half swimmer, which is somebody who just, you know, paces through the first half of the race and then they actually build and close it out. Yesterday, he was three metres up after 200 metres, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's huge. He had a 15 metre lead by about 600 metres and I'm sure the other guys in the in the race were going, what's going on here? This is not how Daniel swims. Mm-hmm. So he's unpredictable. So when we get to the Olympics um, in about six months time, they don't know what he's going to do.
0: Is that why you think he did that?
1: Um, I think you'll do that based on the swimmers you're swimming against. Like in the 800, the first race that I mentioned, um, the Italian is a guy called Patroneri. He's been around for years. He generally goes out fast, so he knew that he would swim that way. Sometimes what you'll do in a race is you'll go out and you'll try and break the other guy's spirit. And that's what he did yesterday. So it's it's, so it's
0: strategy depending on who you're up against. Yeah,
1: so he's very astute, like he's only 22 years of age, but to be able to do that at the probably the biggest meet of his life to uh, to date. Now, he did swim in the Olympic Games, but he was in there. He was the guy with the target on mm-hmm. his back. And he basically said, right, lads, come and catch me.
0: So you're saying that he not only has the physicality, the skill and all of the, the training behind him, but he mm. also has the brain.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like he's a student in Loughborough University um, and he thinks a lot about the swim. And one of the things you'll see and you'll see it with all the top sportsmen. You know, if you talk to Rory McIlroy, he'll say, you know, I stuck to my game plan. I didn't go from my par fives and two. I laid up and did them in three. With Daniel, one of the first things he'll always say is I stuck to my race plan. So he'll know exactly what his race plan is going into into the race Uh, But the beauty about him is he can adapt. So if something happens, say an Olympic final in 1,500 metres, if somebody decides to go out really fast, he can go with them. Mm -hmm. If they want to take the pace back very, very slightly, he, he, he'll he be we'll as comfortable as too. well, yeah.
0: We were looking there during the news bullet and the two of us at that picture on the front of the Irish Times mm. and I wish people who were only listening on the radio without pictures could see this. It's taken from under the water so yep. you can see Daniel as he's taking a stroke and you were explaining to me what we're looking at there. Just yeah, go through it for us.
1: So if you look at his arm, his, his his forearm is at 90 degrees to his upper arm, okay? And basically, that's what you want to do. So... The way I describe swimming to people, it's like walking. When you walk, you put your foot down on the ground and you grab the ground and you push your body past it. Mm-hmm. When you swim, you put your, your arm into the water fully extended and then the lower half of your arm bends to 90 degrees. You've now gripped the water. And then what you're doing is you're pushing your water, uh, your body past it. Now, what you do to get the power is you twist your hips. So when you look at any swimmer... Swimming the events that Daniel does, the freestyle, Um, they're very, very rarely, for a fraction of a second, they're actually flat. They're like a course crew through the water. They're
0: always on a twist on a bend. Yeah, they're
1: twisting. And that's where any sports, if you look at somebody kicking a football, if you look at Nova Djokovic hitting, hitting a tennis ball, the first thing that moves is the hips like a boxer you've had uh, Kelly Harrington in here and Katie Taylor their power comes from the hips equally with the swimming so the key thing is about getting what we call a catch which is by getting getting your grip and then you're pushing your body past it mm-hmm.
0: and it takes a lot doesn't it to sustain that
1: it does yeah but like it's 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 technically you know, you spend hours going up and down the pool. You you won't be just swimming. You might swim with one hand, uh, one arm with with the other arm tied, tied, tied to your waist. Um, but it's all technical drills and so on. And the reason they train so much and you train so much is because basically you switch your brain off. Okay, and the, the distance swim's a little bit more different because you're watching around and stuff, stuff like that. But it's when you're... Uh, being stressed physically and mentally, that what's natural comes back into play. Mm-hmm. And that's why you train. And these guys go through hell. um So, like, you know, people... Somebody asked me yesterday, you've got to love swimming, to get up at quarter to five in the morning to go to bed at eight o'clock at night. He's a twenty 22-year-old uh, student who's going to bed at eight o'clock at night.
0: Yeah, not great.
1: But it's... um It's more than that. It's not so much the love of swimming, and this is going to sound a bit strange, but you've got to love hurting yourself. You've got to love the pain because those guys are in total pain when they're training. Um, You know, sprinters especially, like sprinters will vomit two, three times a week. That's the levels that they actually get to. Remember, he's swimming 120 kilometers a week, probably in his toughest phase, his building phase, uh, where he gets his base. His heart rate's up over 110, 120 beats per minute for those 120 kilometres. Like try walking 120 kilometres and that puts it in perspective. So he's a phenomenal athlete but I think also the great thing about Daniel is he's very level and he's very balanced. Uh, He's an interesting character.
0: We we interviewed him here on the programme after his last win and we had a brief chat with him and I was looking at his YouTube channel and talking to him about that. Very chilled out and relaxed and seems to be quite well rounded which I don't know whether that's Real or not? Because I would imagine the focus that you would have to have on this is just laser like.
1: It is. But the thing is, if you concentrate on something, <clears throat> excuse me, 24-7, you know, mentally it's going to drain you. So you need those outlets. So he's, as you said, he's got the YouTube t- channel. He he was an extra in Game of Thrones, actually. He was in the um, the red wedding scene uh with his with his twin, twin brother nathan so
0: who also fair, swims isn't he yeah
1: he is and he's come on he's twist uh changed his events over to distance swimming and he actually made a european final mm-hmm. earlier on uh sorry towards the end of last year so yeah there's the
0: so so you think him having interests beyond swimming probably going to be help to him
1: right oh absolutely totally mm-hmm. crucial yeah especially as you know the you know I suppose we're getting to the stage of and mania it's like uh, I remember 2012 I was fortunate enough to be over there doing the commentary and again in 2021 and it was all about Kelly and it was all about uh, Katie it's all going to be about Daniel and the rowers um, as as we come come up to uh, to, to the Olympic Games and I have,
0: haven't seen him seen him in action now and you describe you know his strategy in the two races mm. so well how do you think he's going to go with the Olympics
1: um, I don't think it's going to be as straightforward, and I'll tell you why. Um, so he, the time he did yesterday is the fifth fastest ever. So he's the fifth fastest um, performer ever. See, so we
0: hear that now, and we think he's a shoe in for the Olympics. Yeah. Have to explain to me why. Okay,
1: not. so there are two guys I'd be worried. One guy I'd be really worried about. One guy is unpredictable. The defending Olympic champion is a guy called Bobby Fink, and he trains down in Florida. He wasn't here. Uh, he's gone 15:31, which is just off the world record. Daniel was a couple of seconds slower uh, yesterday. Um, so he
0: wasn't there at the weekend.
1: He, he wasn't there at the weekend. Now he was at the World Championships last year, where Daniel placed fourth, and he got beaten by a Tunisian swimmer by the name of Hafanui. Uh, Hafanui has also been slightly faster than Daniel, but Hafanui used to train in Indiana and then he changed his coach, and he's moved over to the West Coast uh, to train with the legendary Mark Schubert, and he didn't even break 15 minutes at the World Championships. Um, the other thing about those two lads is they've got closer or faster closing speeds. So what I mean by that, if you look at the split, splits online of those times that these guys have done, the last 15 metres that both Fink and Hafanui have recorded are about a second faster than Daniel's. Okay. Now, to put that in perspective again, because it's always, it's never that straightforward. When those two guys set the time, it was in the same race and they were going head to head. Daniel was just out on his own for well over a kilometre yesterday. So it's Mm -hmm. very difficult. So will he win a medal? Barring any tragedy or injury, yes. I'd put my house on it. What will the colour of it be? I would say silver or gold. Um, I think he will take down Fink because what Daniel has been doing is he's been improving all the time. Fourth of the World Championships last summer. Broke the longest standing male uh, record on the books in December. Uh, That was at the European European Short Course Championships, that's in a 25 metre pool two goals at the World Championships so he's on the rise whereas mm-hmm. the other lads have been kind of stable so we'll see what happens
0: It's a really exciting time for him like we're, lo- we're loading on the pressure here now aren't we gold or silver but I think Daniel would load the pressure on himself
1: oh, I was just going to say that Claire. Yeah, exactly look look, I'm not saying anything different to what he's thinking exactly, and yeah. what his coaches are saying mm-hmm. and uh, he I I think he sees it now, I think he sees himself on that dais with the gold medal around his neck and um, I'd imagine, you know, I think it's the 3rd of August so there'll be a lot of, uh, and it's all in Paris so um, it'll be almost prime time. And uh, I think half the nation will be uh, tuning in to actually watch them. No
0: doubt. Uh, Irish swimming is going through a bit of a, a golden moment at yeah. the moment after a, a very difficult couple of mm. decades. So what are they doing right
1: now? Well, I think the big big thing that they did is seven years ago, they brought in a gentleman by the name of John Rudd. John is the only coach ever to coach uh, champions at European junior and senior level, world junior and senior level and Olympic level. And he's been around a long time, and what he's done is he's put in a fabulous program, high performance program, so we have a number of different centers, one in Limerick, our our main main center which is in the National Aquatic Center, and then we have one up north as well. So he's brought in international coaches, and I think the key thing is, it's not that he's just brought it in, everybody is bought into mm-hmm. the process as well. He set extremely high standards. And, you know, you set a goal and you set a bar bar for people and they aspire to it. And that's what we're seeing. Like we saw Mona McSharry. She got two fifth places at at the Worlds and an eighth yesterday. Slightly disappointed in her 100 metre breaststroke. She was uh, one of the fastest qualifiers and she was just a fraction off. We've got two relays almost qualified. Well, the ladies relay is qualified for the Olympics. Uh, That'll be the first ladies relay since 1972. The men's relay is lying in 15th at the moment. So the top 16 on more rankings at a certain cutoff point before the Olympic Games go through to the Olympics. There is only one stipulation though, which is a slight issue for the men, is that you have to have two individual swimmers qualified to swim in individual events. Ah. We don't have that. Okay. But having said that, two of the four guys who... Um, are on that relay team made semi-finals at the World Championships. They're only a fraction off and the final opportunity for qualification is in May.
0: Right, so they still have time to go. Nick, it's great to talk to you and thanks for explaining it to us because anyone who saw that photograph this morning on the front of the Irish Times I think would be intrigued by your just description of what's happening as as Daniel goes through those strokes and we're going to be keeping a really close eye on him and hopefully we'll speak to you again in the lead up to the Olympics in August. Nick O'Hare, thanks for coming in. We'll take a break. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.